0: Welcome to this week's episode of Everyday Thin Places. I'm Rachel Gallagher, and I'm an interfaith hospice chaplain.
1: And I'm Elizabeth Ferraso, and I'm a birth doula.
0: And in each episode of Everyday Thin Places, we draw from our experiences supporting birthing people and dying people to explore with honesty, authenticity, and humor how we can all become more truly living people.
1: All right, Rachel, last time I got to sit down and just ask you questions about yourself and your life was at the start of this podcast a year and a half ago. Mm. But even a year ago this time, we when you talked to me on our previous episode, you know, we remarked about things that we would never have pictured. I would never have pictured my life looking like mm. a year later. That's so much more true for you because I think maybe we were each occasionally looking at the places that we grew up and looking at real estate and such things, imagining what it would be like. But I said, no, I'm not really, don't think I'm ever going back there. And I think you said, no, I don't really think I'm ever going back there.
0: Oh, like more than that. <laughs> yeah. I was like yeah. adamant that I... This is literally, like, this is a quote that I have repeated over and over and over again. Florida is a really nice place to visit. I would never want to live there again. I've said that for 18 years. Uh, Jokes on
1: me. (laughs) Jokes on you. So I know that's a really big part of how you're experiencing thin places these days is this major shift of having moved and what life is like and your job has changed your climate has changed all these things have changed Mm -hmm. um so tell us tell us more about it about how you're experiencing thin places where you are where you're living and the kind of work you're doing yeah um
0: so to be clear i'm not living where i grew up like i am i think it's about a four hour drive so if you think about like living in philly like in four hours how many places you could be um it's pretty far right like there's a lot of differences four hours from any one point right so uh, while i'm in florida definitely south florida is different from the west coast of florida where i grew up um and in all the ways that are important and valuable to me so South Florida, obviously the climate is a little bit different. Like it's definitely um, even more tropical than the other parts of Florida. We here have different flora and fauna than you would see in other parts of Florida. And I'm not like the most naturey person, but I think I'm becoming a little more naturey in being here because there are just such interesting um, creatures even that I'm interacting with. So we have iguanas here. Those don't exist in all of Florida. Like there's definitely lizards in other parts of Florida, but not iguanas. And, um, Paul actually sent me a photo the other day on his way home from work, a huge iguana. It looked like a dinosaur i couldn't believe he just like saw it wandering around on the side of the road i asked him afterwards because he sent me a picture right but photos aren't always they don't always tell the whole story and so i asked him how big he thought that iguana was from head to tail and he said like four or five feet i'm not kidding this is not an exaggeration like (sighs) it's a dinosaur oh my goodness yeah, so it's just such an interesting place. Um, yes, it is the state that I grew up in, but it's it's quite different and I am becoming more nature- and I definitely didn't see that coming. Um I walk a lot here because it's beautiful weather and um right now I live a four-minute walk from my office, and so I get the chance to reflect on nature and look around me and enjoy the beautiful climate and the beautiful sights and so there's you know palm trees and mangrove trees and butterflies everywhere because there are flowers everywhere and I just recently have realized like even when I'm not trying to do it on my walks I'm praying like I'm finding myself thinking thoughts of, wow, that tree is really beautiful. And wow, how amazing that it exists and that I get to witness it. And just those thoughts are a prayer. And so that's a really thin place for me. And I feel often, I feel overwhelmed by how fortunate I am. And I don't think I've shared this on the podcast before because I think it's so stinking weird. And, um, it's just going to give people insight into how bizarre my brain is. But, like, literally sometimes I stop and I have to... You know how, like, you say, like, oh, pinch me. Is this real? No, like, I legit am asking, like, did I die and is this heaven? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's just so beautiful. The The sun on my skin feels so good. The air is so clean. Um, The people are so nice. And also I'm surrounded by old people. So so maybe I am like deceased. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we've all died and this is heaven and we just don't know it because literally like it's me and a bunch of old people. Hmm. (laughs) But it's wonderful and I love it. And I'm, I, I, if I died and this is heaven, then that's great, too. But I th- I think that this is still real life, and I'm so grateful.
1: <sighs> well, I think thin places, as we've described them, have been, like, drawing what our conception of heaven, drawing it into the here and now. Mm-hmm. Things breaking through. And so it just seems like the veil is extra thin mm-hmm. in Florida for you. It's so thin that it just feels like heaven and earth are the same thing for you and that's so beautiful
0: yeah I mean I don't want to it's not perfect like there's definitely Mm -hmm. still challenges like today my to-do list I have to pay bills like these things still have to happen and um there are definitely still frustrations I will say that the traffic in South Florida is unlike anything I've ever experienced ever it is terrible and terrifying and Mm
1: -hmm. people
0: tried to warn us and we thought (laughs) It's all relative. Like, we're from Philly. We can handle it. Oh, no, no, no. It is a whole different beast, and it is horrendous. There's... I can't wow. even describe how bad it is. So, this probably isn't heaven. Death can be my, like, reminder. Like, okay, yeah. this is still real life, and and yeah. But... So, it's not perfect, but... Even just my job, like, my day-to-day job, I cannot believe... Um, the things I get to do, the ways I get to work, um, the support I receive from my supervisor, from the residents that I serve, I just feel like, you know, I'm living my best life. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So your job is different. You're still working with people towards the later part, the end of life, but a lot of them are healthy and thriving and living, you know, very, very full lives, it's, it's got to be different, mm-hmm. I imagine. And so I, I don't know. I'm curious about what is, what sort of thin places feel the same to you in this line of work versus when you were, you know, a hospice chaplain mm-hmm. specifically working and supporting with people who were dying or their family members were dying um, and they were dying soon. Mm-hmm. How that's di- What's different and what's the same between – you know, working the job you had here in Philadelphia versus your job in Florida? Yeah.
0: So my title is spiritual life director. And I think that that aptly describes what I do. Um, And there are a lot of similarities. So even when I was working with people who were very clearly at the end of life, I mean, the the idea of hospice and the Mandates surrounding hospice were that in order to be on hospice, someone um, had to be expected to live six months or less. And we've talked about how like it's not always so cut and dry. And some people come onto hospice and stay on hospice for years. Some people come on hospice and and come off of hospice. But for most people, when they go on hospice, they are in their last six months or less. But A big part of my job there was always still to help people to live their best life in whatever time they had left and to experience the best, sweetest, most meaningful parts of life, even at the very end. Now I just get, I guess, more time to do that with people. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, so I'm a spiritual life director in a continuing care retirement community, and I do think that the people who move in here kind of self-select. So they're definitely people who are fully aware of their mortality. They are f- generally fully aware of the limitations that come as we age. And, um, you know, not everyone in society is like that. But these are people who specifically plan knowing that they are going to die and so they want to have a plan in place as they age and as they experience experience those changes that come as we get closer to death. So um, most of the people here are looking to get the most out of their life. Um, we provide programming, especially in the spiritual life department that helps them to tap into their spirituality in ways that are very life-giving and celebratory of life. Um, and I do still I do still deal with a lot of death, um, you know, because of the age of our residents, because they've all moved in, because they know that's where they're headed. Um, we do have deaths that occur, and I do oversee... A monthly service of remembrance, so like a memorial service for all of our residents who have died in the last month. Um, we're getting ready to do our annual loss of loved ones service. So that's for people in the community who um, are grieving the loss of someone, whether it be a spouse or a friend or a family member. Um, And I also assist with individual memorial services, so I'm getting ready to do one of those this Sunday for a resident who lost his husband. And so there's still a big part of my job that relates to death and dying, but there's also these rich um, life experiences that I get to cultivate with people um, when they're very much alive and when you know, death is probably a ways off. So it's a really beautiful balance. And I feel like it's just, this is not me tooting my own horn, but I just feel like I'm so uniquely qualified for this job because Mm -hmm. of my passions, because of the experiences that I've had. And because of um, just the, the, the life that I've lived, I just feel like I, I bring exactly what is needed Mm -hmm. to this job. And I, I just feel so lucky. I know that's not true for a lot of people, and so it does not go unnoticed. I'm very grateful. I well, I mean, the best
1: relationships are where both parties feel like they're the lucky one, Mm. and I feel like that's a relationship I observe with you and your workplace Mm. is that they have got to feel like they totally won the lottery mm-hmm. by having you there in that role and you know that you have the chance to have this job and how fulfilling and um what a good use it is of the gifts you have and the person you are i love this um you know whether it's heaven or not this is the match made in heaven yeah. for you to be doing this job and i'm i'm so thrilled for you um yes i'm a little jealous when you're in the sunshine it is not sunshine here but um I love
0: I love that you're experiencing all of these thin places. Yeah, I mean it's it's bonkers to me because Towards the end of our time in Philadelphia, I mean, we always—I especially loved Philly. I was passionate about Philly. I was the one who stayed behind when most of my friends left for various reasons, and I chose Philly intentionally. Um, But towards the end of my time there, I was burnt out on Philadelphia. I was Mm -hmm. tired of being cold all the time. Um, It didn't bother me so much when I didn't have dogs that needed to be walked multiple times a day, but once we got these dogs that needed to go out, the cold really started to wear on me. Um, And yeah, I did. I always really kind of experienced a little seasonal affect disorder. And the way that I dealt with it is I would plan trips to tropical locations every year around like winter. So like February or March when it was like, okay, we've been dealing with this winter thing for months and months. But because of COVID, I wasn't able to do that in 2020 um, or, you know, 2021. And it just started to feel, like, Philly just started to feel really heavy in a way that it hadn't before. But... I wasn't willing to just leave for the sake of leaving. I wasn't looking to get out of Philly. Like, there were still very many things that I loved about it. And I thought that that was going to be my home forever. And I wasn't going to leave just because it was cold outside or it was cloudy or someone stole a package from my porch. Like, these are all things that were wearing on me, but I wasn't willing to leave because of them. Um, And then this job came about. And it was like so unexpected and yet the light at the end of the tunnel that i really needed and it got me to where i needed to be and so yeah i mean i'm still embarrassed that i used to say i would never move back to florida um <laughs> and i'm a little bit i don't know if embarrassed is the word but i'll i'll say i'm a little embarrassed that i love it so much mm. um i think that there's something inside of me that wants to kind of fight that <laughs> because i wow. really did
1: that's that that's that beautiful, like childlikeness that we talked about a few episodes back of like people shamelessly waving at each other in Florida. It's just getting into you, and it's beautiful. Don't you feel? Don't you feel embarrassed? I forbid you. Thanks.
0: <laughs> and mm. and I want to say, um, the other piece of this job or like my new life, I guess, that's been so surprising is my reconnection with music. Mm -hmm. I posted about this recently on Facebook and um, I never saw this coming and I never like sought out an opportunity to sing like actually in previous jobs when I would be asked to sing I was kind of like put out by it for some reason and it's different now I don't know why I don't know how but I'm singing a lot and I feel so much more connected with myself as a singer like mm-hmm. I'm a singer um mm-hmm.
1: yeah you are I, so people know like if they didn't hear the earlier episodes yeah yeah you're not just walking down looking at the trees singing you're performing singing because you were a trained opera singer professional musician yeah, is who yeah. you are
0: Yeah, yeah it's cool like so one of the big challenges, especially as a singer, but as any sort of solo musician, um, is finding an accompanist. When you're asked to perform, like, yeah, I can sing cappella, but most things are better done with an accompanist, and that has always been super, super challenging. But here, I have almost a 1,000 residents who have lived full, rich, meaningful lives. And what that means for some of them is that They are accomplished musicians as well. And many of them play piano. And there are beautiful pianos all over this campus. Like, I can think of probably 10 pianos that exist, like, within the 70 acres. Um, And beautiful, beautiful instruments. And so it's never hard for me to find somebody to accompany me and that takes a lot of the work and drudgery out of performing. Um, and also everyone is just so happy to hear me sing. Um, I, I've always loved surprising people with my instrument. <laughs> so, especially during the christmas season there's just so many opportunities to sing so last sunday a resident and i went over to um a building it's called seaside cove Hmm. (laughs) um and it is an assisted living building on our campus and many of the residents there have alzheimer's or dementia um And we put on a little salon concert for them. And they don't often get to hear live music, but they have this beautiful piano in their building. And so we did some classical pieces, and then we also did some Christmas carols and had them sing along. And it was just like everyone was so happy, including us. And then this coming um, Sunday, I am—I've shared before that I preach on Sunday mornings at our ecumenical chapel service. Well, this Sunday, I am preaching through song. So nice. I normally stand up there and give a sermon or a talk of about 15 to 20 minutes. This week, I'm not really doing that. I am just singing with um, two residents, one who sings and plays piano, one who plays the flute, and then also our regular pianist and organist. And that's going to be such a delight. And I get to wear a pretty Christmas dress. And um, one of the really cool things, too, is that like um, I'm not having to audition in order to be able to t- perform. So, that's awesome. I yeah, so like there are definitely I'm not the best musician in the world. There are definitely skills that I do not have and one of those is like I don't I feel like I don't have the best ear for harmonies and so like harmonizing with other parts. I don't I'm not really good at that. And guess what? It doesn't matter. If somebody mm-hmm. wants me to do it, I can just say no. Not that good yeah. at that. Like somebody else is probably better for that. But if you want me to do this other thing, I'm your girl. So it's just been such a delight. So unexpected. It's been such a wonderful experience reconnecting with my voice. And um, it's exhausting. I forgot how physical singing can be. And so I will, you know, do a rehearsal or a performance for an hour and then that's it. I am beat for the rest of the day. But... Um, it's very satisfying and I know that people here really appreciate it. And so that's been so unexpected and so fun and just like a bonus to all the other amazing things that I get to do.
1: So, so you said a word that uh, we cannot ignore. This has nothing to do with music, but you said about the dresses you get to wear and I'm looking behind you. (laughs) And I know that part of what got you through 2020 was building a collection (laughs) of Disney dresses. And now you live close enough to drive to Disney. Mm. I know life does not permit you to just drive there anytime you want because you do have a job, but you are not, like I, it would take, it would be a huge feat for me to get my body to Disney World today. But if you wanted to, you could get there today.
0: That's a great idea.
1: I say do it. I give permission. Permission, permission, permission. Whoever needs it, take permission. Um, So your Disney experience, Disney and Disney dresses, not just wearing Disney dresses to take your dogs on walks in cold Philadelphia. Yeah. But actually getting to wear them at Disney. That's a thin place, right? It is. (laughs) Um, And I give you permission for that to be a thin place with zero zero explanation or apologies needed thank
0: you yeah we were able to get florida resident annual passes to disney so really i could jump in the car drive for three hours and go into all four disney parks today if i wanted to um i'm not going to do that today but we do have a trip planned for the end of january so um we're just going to do a quick two-night stay at Disney because we can and I will definitely bring at least one Disney dress to model Mm -hmm. and enjoy while I am there we'll we'll have to get some pictures for
1: our social media this week if we can get some clips of singing (gasps) if we get get some Florida landscape and please we need at least one if not more Disney dresses or a link to your Instagram that has modeled the Disney dresses over over the months
0: that's a deal I can provide all of that awesome
1: Well, I'm so thankful that you have, um, that you've lived the life that you have, which has given you the opportunity to have this job and to make this move and to have this perspective where you're noticing these thin places and you're sharing reason for us to celebrate with you of the goodness of these thin places in your life. So thank you.
0: Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Now it's our turn to hear from you. So would you do us a big favor and go into your podcast app and rate us? Even better, would you write us a glowing review? That will help other listeners to find us. And make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. You can
1: also visit our website at everydaythinplaces.com where you will find all sorts of fun and interesting information, as well as learn about how you can help to support this podcast and earn special exclusive perks. There you will also find links to follow us on social media or else just pop directly over to Instagram or Facebook where you will find us at Everyday Thin Places. Thanks so much for joining us today. Until next time, I'm Elizabeth
0: and I'm Rachel. Bye! Bye.